uh, mixing up the lineup a little bit today. But we've got Trey and BK a couple of hours later than normal, but uh, we're here for the next 45 minutes or so. And then Kevin Dunn is going to jump on with Trey for the afternoon program. This is uh, Trey's first show since Monday. Just got back from Vegas. How was the trip, my friend? Trip was good. It was interesting as Vegas always is, but even unique for Vegas, considering the Formula One setup that was going on and that putting a, a weird vibe into the air. And then also going to Vegas, knowing that unless I screwed up royally, I would be leaving that town in the black. Thanks to a bet that you made on my behalf last March, getting to cash that 70 to one Rangers tickets. The, uh, the hundred dollars turned $7,000. It allowed the weekend to start a whole lot sweeter than it might have otherwise. Yeah. Please don't tell me you lost all that money while you were out there. No, I spent, I put a thousand aside for meals and a little bit of gambling and just anything else that we did while we were there gave Justine some spending money. Um, and I, uh, I probably walked away having lost most of that, <laughs> but mm. I have six more, 6,000 more in the, in the bank. So we're okay. There we go. Okay. So you only gave up a thousand of it. Yeah. That's not bad. That's actually pretty damn good for Vegas. It was very tempting to take 4,000 being down a thousand and putting it all on black, but I didn't do that this time. BK, I, I mm. stayed, I stayed away from, from being really reckless once I start losing. So I've got to ask you a question because yeah. you sent a tweet uh, a couple of days ago while you were out in Vegas. Sure. And with the tweet, there was an accompanying picture. Yes. Let me uh, share the screen here. So, Everybody could see what's going on here, although I did share this uh, a couple of days ago. So I think everybody who usually watches us on Texas Sports Unfiltered has seen this shot. And I apologize for making all of you watch it again. Yeah, look at that. Um, let me find the actual tweet. Okay, here's the caption. Yesterday, I cashed a $100 bet made back in March on the Rangers winning the World Series at 70 to 1 odds. This is what that feeling tastes like. Yes. And 23,000 people have seen this picture. Oh, boy. And um, I, I people were trying to guess what you were doing, what you were eating. Nobody could figure out why you were doing this or why you even thought about posting this, let alone actually did post it. So uh, I'll give you the floor here. Can you explain what the hell is going on in this picture? Trying to get the menu right now so that I can give you the exact name of this it is essentially cotton candy foie gras it is on a stick of course you can see the skewer there and there's just this sweet cotton candy surrounding uh, a wonderful uh, taste of foie gras on the end of the skewer okay in order to properly enjoy this treat because it's on the appetizers menu i believe you're not supposed to bite it you're supposed to shove the whole thing in your mouth and I did that, and it tasted wonderful. So that is cotton candy? Cotton candy foie gras. Okay, I couldn't pronounce that. I kept saying foie grass, and people even phonetically spelled it out for me, and I couldn't do it. Uh, my palate is not used to stuff like that. What is foie gras? <laughs> Whatever it is. What is foie that? Foie gras is uh, stuffed... Goose liver. It is goose liver. Yeah. Somebody goose. somebody texted that in the other day. I thought they were kidding. No, stuffed. Yeah, stuffed goose liver. So you're eating cotton candy wrapped stuffed goose liver? Exactly. Why is that good? I don't know. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me just based on this description, but it is. There's just huh. a, a decadence about it that's very enjoyable. How do you normally eat fresh grass? <laughs> I'm just going to get further and further away with my tr attempts here. It sounds like I feel like it's served in different sorts of ways. Like there's a, there's a role at, um, at Uchiko that you can get, but it, it served in a variety of ways. And this was just a unique way to get to eat it surrounded by the cotton candy. And I got to make a funny face at the same time. while it looked like, I'm, you know, filleting a world series championship. 
Yeah, it uh, does look like you are doing some filleting, and it looks like it's not your first time doing it either. I've never shoved something that deep into my mouth before, if that's what you're suggesting. Oh, Jake is also suggesting that, and we had a few folks yesterday when we showed the picture insinuating the same thing. Look, you people are focusing on the wrong thing right now. Look at that Texas Rangers shirt that I cashed in the $7,000 ticket. Look at my hoodie. Look at the waiter in the background. Look at my eyes rolling up in their head because what I'm tasting is just so delicious. And that's how my brain tells my face to react when I love how something tastes for my eyes to roll in the back of my head, okay? Oh, that's a normal thing for you. That is a... Ask my wife. Wait, don't ask her that. Do <laughs> you imagine if that was actually a thing where some, uh, if some, every time somebody ate their eyes did that, my gosh, damn it. You're, you're going to think I'm kidding. My eyes really do that. Whenever I taste something really good, they roll up and then come back to center. And she just caught me at the perfect time with when my eyes were doing that. So the picture looks a lot worse than it actually is. Your wife took this. Yes. Did she let you post this? Well, yeah. Well, look, I've questioned your wife for years for marrying you, but th this one is, I mean, come on, Jay, what are you doing here? I figured you'd gotten like a buddy, you know, you're there for a buddy's birthday party. I figured it was him or I don't know, some waiter at the restaurant. I, I didn't realize your wife was taking this and was actually going to let you put this up there. Yeah, well, she doesn't have a whole lot of say-so. She knows that it's all for the love of the game, and so she has to be okay with that. Oh, it means maybe her gaining some leverage and me choosing not to tell a story of, of our life, some of the embarrassment that she has to deal with on a constant basis being out with me in public, then so be it. Well, congrats to you on this, I guess, and congrats to that cotton candy goose liver for getting dome. In Vegas the other day, it looks like. So Vegas was a fucking trip, dude. Like, I'm not, I am not the biggest Vegas person. And I, I would say that if I were to ever do Vegas on my own, that it would either be staying in old Vegas or maybe renting an Airbnb and going down there and getting away from the map. It's just too much of a tourist trap. And it's even more wild right now because of what's happening with F1 this weekend. Like, they have apparently spent months on trying to construct this racetrack that goes through the strip and around other parts of, uh, of that area of the city. And it has really inconvenienced the locals, as you can imagine, the process, many of which obviously make their living down there, too. So it's like the sardines in a can feeling is even more so in casinos and on sidewalks and whatnot, because you can't cross where you normally can. Like, you're all you're being filtered into uh, the, the overhead walkways or there are uh, there are some pedestrian crossways, but it's not every street like normal. So uh, that, that was an interesting element of it for sure. Yeah, it, it always is pretty tough to cross the strip, but I'm sure it was even more difficult now. And boy, F1 is getting destroyed, man. Like the, the track conditions are not great at all. And I was watching some practice last night. They were airing it on ESPN2. And Carlos Sainz, one of the drivers, hit a uh, they-them hole while practicing, and it effed up his car. And I'm not sure he's going to be able to race this weekend. And now there are all sorts of calls for this race to be canceled because the track just is in such bad shape. So it's uh, it, it already is a disaster. And I heard Rodney telling some stories earlier today of, like, they, they didn't have enough security, so they had to send people away. People who had paid for tickets like couldn't get in because they didn't have enough security or space or whatever. Oh, wow. I mean, there are all sorts of problems going on. So, yeah, you you got out there and you got out of there at the right time, it sounds like, because it, it could be even more of a shithole this weekend. Well, apparently ticket prices have plummeted in the last couple of weeks, too. Like a year ago, they were just going way overboard with what they were trying to charge people. And they've had to drop that significantly because there just has not been that big of an appeal and as you're aware, because you follow the sport much more closely than I do, I just read about it because we were in the mix. Uh, the, the title has already been won this year, so there's less interest just in terms of who's going to win the race and how that affects the season end standings. Um, but also, it's just uh, one of those things where a lot of people here, this is happening on the Strip, and already knowing how congested that whole area is, just wanting to stay away. I will say this, though, dude. We were in an Uber at night on the strip because it shuts down. It was shutting down at like 11 o'clock, I want to say. So being on there at eight or nine, you can drive and there's a lot of traffic. So just get ready for that. 
it was a pretty cool feeling being on that road at night with the lights lit up and seeing Vegas around. I don't know how it's going to play on television. It seems like it would play pretty cool. Like it feels like it's straight out of a video game, but the aesthetic that they were going for, uh, if they end up racing on Saturday night, I, I think they're going to capture it and they're, they're going to maybe make some believers after that. Oh man. Yeah. The aesthetic is awesome. Like it, it looked cool on TV last night. I, I hope they could get this race in and obviously I hope the track is fine or nobody gets hurt. Um, but yeah, it, it looks freaking badass, man. So, and it starts at midnight, I think central time tomorrow. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think you're right about that. 10 o'clock Vegas time. So, um, yeah, they're doing that for a reason, obviously. And, you know, F1 is a worldwide sport, so it actually plays well, uh, other spots where you, uh, you may be watching and get to watch live. Whereas, uh, that's not normally the case here in the U S with the Austin ace uh, race or otherwise. Now tell me if you do this, when you go to Vegas, BK, yeah. uh, you play little games with yourself when you're their group. And the two games are this one is spot the hooker and the other is uh spot the biggest train wreck. You guys engage in those games. Well, I, I play some games with myself from time to time, even when I'm not in Vegas, but mm. um, spot the hooker and spot the train wreck. Spot the train wreck, yes. Like the, the biggest train wreck that you encounter in Vegas because there are a multitude of these types. But there's always one biggest. There's always one clear-cut champion. Mm. Yeah, I'm sure I've played those games. Spot the hooker, definitely. And that, that one's... Oh, definitely, huh? Yeah, relatively easy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Uh, looking for some, just looking for some action out there? Well... There's not so much resistance? No, I, I don't like to pay for it. Although, in a sense, I always pay for it because I'm always buying a drink or food or something. So I, I, I guess I can't say I never pay for it. But just about how the transaction occurs. Yeah, no, I'm not. Uh, I'm not a back pages guy. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm good with the classifieds. I'll, I'll need those at some point, but I got enough game now to where I don't need them just yet. All right. Uh, boy, the biggest train wreck. I'm sure I've like when I've been walking the streets with buddies, been like, well, that guy looks like his life is over. But I don't know if I've actually like made it a a point to find the biggest train wreck out there when I'm out there. I guess what I'm looking for is somebody who is in that gambling death spiral. And we definitely encountered her on Tuesday night. Candy was her name. She lives in Houston now. Had moved from Minneapolis, St. Paul a couple of years ago after both of her sons in her 20s were murdered. She has uh, been in Vegas since uh, last Thursday. And in that time, she has missed some important things for her 15-year-old daughter back in Houston, who thankfully is with her dad. Uh, Candy has uh, gambled a lot, lost a lot, but still willing to uh, buy everybody's drinks in the bar. And uh, she also has a gold tooth, BK. I forgot to mention the gold tooth. Candy was this year's train wreck of Vegas trip. God, where did you meet Candy. At the bar at Bazaar Meats, which is where I uh, ate the uh, the cotton candy foie gras. So yeah, the frog twat, <laughs> the frog twat. <laughs> we literally walked away from this conversation because they like, came over to tell us our table was ready. Like, all right, nice to nice to meet you, nice to talk to you. She's like, oh, let me buy you all a drink. She was saying this as we were walking away, and I'm like, no, no, we're good. No, we're good. Thank you, Candy. We appreciate it, but uh, we're good. And then she just makes an enormous scene to where like the entire bar is just staring at her and looking back at us, and we're just like. Yeah, sorry, Candy. Good luck with things. Yeah, it was uh, yeah. it was very concerning. I don't know if she actually had two sons murdered. Uh, she was in the death spiral, so uh, there's a good chance that she's just a pathological liar to go along with not being a very good gambler. God, what a what a thing to make up. It is, but she had that feeling about her. She did. Okay, Candy. Wow. Shout out to you. I'm sure that was a God given name as well. Uh, any other Vegas stories before we talk Texas, Iowa state, we've got to get into our picks for the weekend. We've got where are we at in society as well. Any other stories for your, for you from your time out there? I'm going to save the other two stories, which happened on the flight home for, if we have time for where are we at today, otherwise it'll just have to be saved for next week. Very good. Okay. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. 
And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Texas and Iowa State. You heard Zay's pick before he left. Chip has Texas winning 23-21. to It feels like most Longhorn fans think this one is going to be close tomorrow night in Ames. Of course, kickoff at 7 o'clock. I think everybody knows at this point that Texas has lost three of its last four games in Ames. I think everybody knows at this point that Texas has lost three of its last four games against Iowa State. The Longhorns have not won at Jack Trice Stadium since 2017. Trey, Texas, we'll give our picks here in a moment, but uh, seven-and-a-half-point favorites going into this game tomorrow night. Where are you at? with this uh what's your confidence level people haven't heard from you in a while what are you feeling about the longhorns chances all the pessimism is warranted bk just based on this team losing leads over the last few weeks being without jonathan brooks going forward iowa state defense is good iowa state offense has improved in parts but therein lies the problem for the opposition to have success against this Texas defense, you have to be decent at throwing the ball, and Iowa State is not. Is Texas going to go over 30 points uh, on Saturday night? Probably not. I I don't think so. I think that uh, the combination of guys in that backfield now will provide a nice service. It's not going to be what Jonathan Brooks gave to you, though. Uh, But ultimately, I think that the Texas defense is going to have a lot of success, and even something like 24 points is going to win handily for the Longhorns. Wow, 24 will give them enough to win handily. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I don't think Iowa State's very good. I right. really don't. Uh, I get that they're six and four. I get that they're five and two. They're only a game back of Texas for first place in the Big 12 right now. But uh, their last five games in a stretch where they've won four of them, they've beaten Baylor, TCU, BYU, and Cincinnati. Exactly. Those teams are a combined seven and 21 in conference play this year. The only loss for Iowa State in that stretch was at home. At night to Kansas? I didn't know that was possible. But I watched just about all of that game a couple of weeks ago, Kansas going in there with the backup quarterback and Jason Bean and beating Iowa State. So to me, Iowa State has one impressive conference win, and that was their conference opener against Oklahoma State. Uh, That was before Oklahoma State had figured their stuff out, though. Exactly. Look, still a nice-looking win because Oklahoma State is a solid team, and they are also in Big 12 title contention. But uh, I just like – Iowa State, they they're they're not awful. Maybe they're not as bad as people thought they were going to be based on the gambling scandal and the fact that they seemingly lost half of their players right before the year started. But I just don't think they're that good. Now, Texas has been playing down to its competition. So if you are a little bit nervous, I understand that. But if Texas Texas, I think, can play a B level game and win by double digits tomorrow. Like I really believe that. So uh, if Texas is on its P's and Q's, then they're going to win this game by three touchdowns or more. But I just there's nothing really that Iowa State does that scares me a whole lot. But I understand Texas fans being worrisome because of what Texas has done in some of these games lately. I wonder what we see out of Quinn Ewers tomorrow night, BK, because he was a guy that really looked uncomfortable to me, and it seemed like his his throws were a little bit affected by a shoulder that's not 100%. So do we see him looking a little bit better, a little bit more relaxed, a little bit stronger uh, when he's throwing the football in terms of where he's trying to put it? And, you know, even though you think of velocity with strength, strength also has to do with uh, how accurate you're about, what you are with the ball that you are putting less zip on to. So uh, if Quinn continues to take steps forward in that regard, then I feel much better about Texas winning this game by a couple of touchdowns. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Like, I think in Sark's perfect world, Texas can run the ball just as effectively as they were when they had Jonathan Brooks, but I don't know if that's feasible. Uh, I would love for Texas to be able to run the ball 35 or 40 times tomorrow night, but I just don't know if that's possible. So, yeah, I think this is going to be a big Quinn Ewers game, and I thought he played pretty well. Uh, last week against TCU. Now, you said it. Most Longhorn fans said it. He didn't look like he was 100%, right? The zip that you talked about, it wasn't quite there. Uh, Hopefully, he is healthier. The good news for Texas is Iowa State does not have a good pass rush, and Texas in pass pro in recent weeks has been great. I mean, Quinn Ewers didn't get touched, basically, last week in Fort Worth. So, I don't think you should be too worried about Quinn Ewers taking a bunch of hits and a potential re-aggravation of injury. I'll knock on wood as I say that. Uh, but yeah, I, I think Texas is probably going to need Quinn Ewers to throw it 30 or something times tomorrow night, and he's got to be effective. And look, the, the best players on Texas, like Jonathan Brooks was the best weapon on this offense. Now the best players are Quinn Ewers, A.D. Mitchell, Xavier Worthy, and Jatavian Sanders. 
So when you go on the road against a good defense, and Iowa State is pretty solid defensively, uh, you need your best players to travel with you. You need your best players to step up. And those are Texas's four best players on offense. Those guys need to be there for the Longhorns. They've got to make plays uh, early. They've got to make plays at opportune times. They've got to convert third downs to keep drives alive. They've got to be decently successful in the red zone. And if those guys all show up and do their jobs, then Texas is going to be fine. As far as the running back position is concerned, obviously C.J. Baxter is going to get the first crack to be more of the guy. But you may see four different guys at running back for Texas tomorrow. In terms of those secondary guys, BK, between Jaden Blue, Keelan Robinson, who it sounds like he will be back tomorrow night, uh, and then also Savion Red, who has been getting more of a look at traditional running back in practice this week. Who do you have the most faith in maybe uh, stepping up his game a little bit in Brooks's void? Yeah, I don't think Savion Red's going to get any running back carries. Now, maybe we see a little more code red or red cat or wild red or red wild. I don't know what the hell we're calling this thing. Maybe we see more of that package tomorrow because Texas is trying to add some variation to the run game to make sure it works. I know Texas fans are like, I don't want to see the red cat package anymore. And people are like, I kind of heard so many people say this, even guys on our station who I love very much. And I mean that um, people are like, oh, and Savion Red comes in the game. Everyone knows it's a run. Well, yeah, no shit. That's how the Wildcat works. It's supposed to work, though. Like you hope your offensive line is good enough to block for two or three yards. Of course, yeah, you're bringing in a wide receiver who's now a running back instead of your quarterback. You're not going to be dropping back the pass. No shit. You're running it. It just the offensive line needs to be better to block for it. That's been the issue. Texas has been awful on the interior in terms of run blocking, especially in short yarded situations. Huge part of why the team has struggled in the red zone, especially near the goal line this year. Uh, hopefully that gets fixed. But I think at this point it is what it is. Uh, I'm not answering your question at all, am I? Um, Jaden Blue is the answer. And I, honestly, I like what I've seen from Jaden Blue more than I like what I've seen from C.J. Baxter this year. Hmm. Now, we've seen more of Baxter, and a lot of what Jaden Blue has done has been in mop-up duty. I, I, I don't know if he's gone against number one defensive players for a lot of his carries this year. I know he's played a little bit more over the past couple of weeks, but still, it feels like most of what he's done has been in fourth quarters of decided games. But to me, he's shown more burst than C.J. Baxter. Like, Baxter's bigger and maybe is a better in-between-the-tackles runner, but and not to say Baxter can't break a big one. He had that big, uh, you know, fourth down run for the touchdown against K-State a couple of weeks ago, so he can have an explosive play. But honestly, I, I'm i very intrigued by Jaden Blue. And Sark was talking about it yesterday, how Blue's been chomping at the bit for this opportunity. I, I really think Jaden Blue's going to make a name for himself tomorrow, and I, I hope we see a decent amount of him because, once again, I think he's got a little bit of juice to his game. Yeah, I like what I see out of him as well. He he lost a fumble early early in the year. Was that in the Rice game? Yes, yeah. first game Rice, of the year. Yep, Rice game. So he he fell out of favor at that point. But uh, as he's been given more opportunities, he's proven it. And even though it's been mop up duty, it's like what we talked about with Jonathan Brooks last year. You have to start somewhere in terms of your ability to make plays. And he has shown enough at that point that you do feel comfortable. Uh, I guess giving him a secondary role to start, but if he gets the hot hand, don't be afraid to continue going to him, especially if CJ Baxter isn't really getting it done. Cause CJ Baxter could be a guy that is good to sit in the middle parts. If need be just a little bit more, not sitting them all together, but then unleashing him at the end of the game as that defense is tiring out that much more. Yeah. And Baxter has been better. And Sark talked about it this week that Baxter is as healthy as he's been in a while, which is great news, but Baxter hasn't done enough for me to where it's like, no, he's got to be your bell cow. It's like, no, like there can be a running back rotation and you ride the hot hand. I'm with that 100%. I mean, look, if C.J. Baxter looks better than Jaden Blue and I'm wrong, then okay, ride C.J. Baxter. Like Bucky Bucky and I disagreed on this one, but he's the running backs coach and I'm not. Um, you got to remember it's 2023 and we're talking about a running back here. Like Jonathan Brooks is awesome. He is awesome. And it's a little different in NFL versus college football because everyone in the NFL is awesome. But like Quinn Ewers was a much bigger loss for Texas than Jonathan Brooks is. And I think Jonathan Brooks is better at his position than Quinn Ewers is at his. Yeah. It's just the position that they play. So Texas was able to win two games, one of them a blowout, one of them against a really, really good team with a backup quarterback. Like the most important player on the team wasn't there, and Texas went 2-0. and With Jonathan Brooks gone, he's important. He's been great. He's been consistent. This is not a slide at Jonathan Brooks. But if Texas can win games without a starting quarterback, they've got enough at running back. They should be able to win these two games. 
and probably three games, if we're being honest, based on whoever they would get in the Big 12 championship without Jonathan Brooks. So I maybe that's just me trying to talk myself into a Texas win tomorrow. But like I, I just I, I can't sit here and think that a running back in 2023 is going to be as massive as a loss as uh, some people are making it out to be. This Texas offensive line needs to continue showing that it's moving in the positive direction with run blocking because they've had a, a game and a half now where they've looked pretty good running the football. So just keep that meanness up. Keep that cohesion up. Uh, guys are understanding the responsibilities a little bit better and uh, make it that much easier for those dudes because for a large portion of the season, and part of the reason why Jonathan Brooks is so good is because the blocking in front of him wasn't great, but he makes guys miss with the slightest of moves and he also has – an unforeseen speed about him. So uh, figure out who the right guy is for you when you do run the football. And by the way, we talked about this these last few weeks, BK, or I guess going back to when Malik Murphy was in the game, don't be afraid to throw it a little bit more. Yeah. Balance is relative. There, you're, you're a little bit less certain at running back position than you are at the quarterback spot right now. So throw it a little bit more early on like you were with Malik Murphy. Help when uh, get into a good flow, help that shoulder get loose and stay loose. There are uh, a lot of reasons to pass more uh, going up against this Iowa State team tomorrow night than there have been uh, just going back a few weeks. Warm that air conditioner join up, baby. All right, before we uh, get to the Texas defense, and I want to get your thoughts on if there's anything that concerns you about Texas's defense going up against Rocco's Modern Life and the uh, Iowa State offense. Some shout-outs to some sponsors. How about a word from our buddy Tom McKay at AV Consultations? Hi, this is Tom McKay with Audiovisual Consultations. Scientific data proves it. Size does matter. The bigger and wider your television is, the better. Football season is here, and the time is now to get your entire audio-video experience tuned up and ready. New flat screens, projection video, Dolby True HD surround, all the goodies at great prices and followed up with great service. So call us at 255-8678. That's 255-8678 or on the web at avconsultations.com. Yes, indeed. It is uh, Hockey Fights Cancer Weekend at the HEB Center in Cedar Park. So get those Texas Stars tickets. They've got a home game tonight. They've got a home game tomorrow. Go see them and uh, support the Texas Stars Foundation and their fight against cancer shout out to av consultations and shout out to great blue heron furniture as well if you're looking for a new furniture piece i was going to say if you're looking for a new furniture but that doesn't make any effing sense uh <laughs> new couch recliner bar stools ottoman chairs whatever they've got it all for you at greatblueheronfurniture.com you see that couch right under tray it's a gorgeous couch man this stuff looks great this stuff is comfortable to sit in and maybe most importantly, it's going to last forever. Seriously, this is amazing looking furniture that is built to last four decades. Maybe four decades, maybe even longer than four decades. Uh, use the promo code HOOKEM at checkout and you're going to get 15% off. I promise I'm done with the dad jokes during this live read. GreatBlueHeronFurniture.com is the website. Go check them out. Trey. Iowa State's got very good defensive numbers, especially in Big 12 play. They actually have the number one total defense in this conference, uh, the number one passing defense in this conference as well. And they've got some talented NFL-level players on that side of the football. But what about on offense? Uh, Rocco Beck, the redshirt freshman quarterback, he got thrown into the fire, right? Hunter Deckers was the starter last year. He came back for another year. Problem with that kid is he couldn't stop gambling on uh, on his own team's games. So he got suspended. And Rocco Beck got thrown into the fire. 15 touchdowns to seven interceptions this season. What do you like about him? What do you not like about him? And just kind of your thoughts on Iowa State's offense going up against this Longhorn defense. I think he's taking baby steps forward considering that he's a redshirt freshman right now. His competition was a true freshman, so it's not like it was a iron sharpening iron sort of situation there. But he's taken baby steps throughout the year. He's still very raw, though, and it's clear that the coaches, they just don't trust him that much right now, nor should you with a young guy that is a turnover risk every time he drops back. I mean, we got to a taste of that with Malik Murphy just a couple weeks ago. But Iowa State uh, typically has a strong ground attack, and I think that's where uh, if they are able to some sustain some things against this Longhorn defense running the football tomorrow night, BK, I'm going to be a little bit worried, honestly, just because Texas looks strangely gassed in the fourth quarter against TCU last week. Uh, so I want to see them stay as fresh as possible. And obviously uh, a team having success against the run or with the run rather uh, can go a long ways towards that. I just don't know, especially with that stupid Iowa state guard putting bullets important material out there for Byron Murphy and uh, Devondre sweat, uh, whether they're going to find a complacent longhorn defensive line tomorrow night. I have a feeling it's going to be a good game, 
a good game for those guys. Have you heard my uh, conspiracy theory involving Jerry DeHufford? Oh, no. Let's hear it. Oh, I'm convinced that he has money on the Longhorns tomorrow, and he wanted to make sure he was going to win his bet, so he just started talking a bunch of shit about Texas. Well, that's a good way to get that bet to hit. <laughs> yeah, I got to make sure the Longhorns are amped up and ready to go for this game. What can I do as a player on the other team to ensure that that's going to happen? Well, I'll just start taking personal shots at everybody and hope for the best. So, yeah, yeah Jared Hufford uh, betting on Texas idiot don't ever bet on texas hey by the way when i cashed the bet on tuesday it was literally the first thing that we did after we dropped our bags off at the airport went to went to actually went to lunch and then we went to circa but went there and i was at the wrong cashier first i guess the sports book cashier is different from just the general uh casino cashier so we had to go down into that impressive sports book era uh, area where they have the I don't even know how big this TV is, dude. It's the biggest television I've seen in my life, though. Uh, so I go there and I hand the ticket and thinking that I might get some sort of positive response for them. Dude, I just got stone-faced. They didn't, they didn't count the money. They counted the money out in the machine, which is totally understandable. It's a lot of bills. But then right. they just pushed the stack of money to me with, like, no, no rubber bands, no envelope <laughs> or anything. All, all hundies? All hundies, seventy hundred dollar wow. bills. I'm like, can, can I get an envelope or something here, please? And they're like, oh, they may have one at the cashiers upstairs. It's like, all right, you motherfuckers are gonna make me walk through this casino with this stack of hundreds right now. Thanks a fucking lot. Hey, they want you to spend that money before you even make it upstairs. You know what I'm they talking do. about? They, they also want to be as cold as possible to you to make sure you don't win again. But I'm like, hey, if I see you people miserable because you're having to just give up seven thousand dollars on a hundred dollar bet. I'll do it again, mofos. I didn't play hey, futures bets this time, though. That's wild. Like, I, I love Circa. I, I've been there a number of times. I've stayed out there a few different times. We had a great hookup with my last job in Houston, and hoping I can get that hookup for the, the week of the Super Bowl for us mm -hmm. out there. I'll see if I can make that happen. But, yeah, I never had that experience. Everyone was nice to me. I guess it's just your RDF, man. Like, people just look at you, and they're like, this guy's an a-hole, so I'm going to be an a-hole to him. It's not everybody. Not some every people. Some people are, are nice through the RDF, but yes, the RDF is problematic sometimes. Yeah, I guess it got you at uh, at Circa. That's funny, man. You're just walking around with seventy Benjis. I saw the swimming pool that you mentioned too. Didn't didn't go in. It was just a weird. Actually, I only saw a picture. We didn't even go outside to the thing. But uh, literally four or five different people that we talked to said that we needed to spend time there. The problem was is that there was no sports during the day mm. earlier this week. Yeah, it's still a pool, so it's still you know, fun. Yeah. But yeah, the appeal is that, yeah, they got giant TVs with a bunch of sports going on. So I don't know what cool the cutoff is for me temperature wise with a swimming pool, but it was like low seventies for a high mm. during the day. And I think that's, that's a little bit too low. I think I need upper eighties, low nineties, maybe for the most part. Yeah. It turns into a hot tub in the winter. But I don't know. I don't know when that technically starts. I don't know if you had pool temp or hot tub temp. It almost is like too hot for a hot tub. That's kind of in that weird in between time. So I don't know what they were doing out there. Uh, anyways, okay. Um, yeah, Iowa State's Iowa State. So like Iowa State is a running back that actually terrifies me. I, I honestly think like in two years Iowa State's going to be really good if Matt Campbell stays because mm -hmm. I think I, I like Rocco Beck a lot. Like he's not that good, but he's tough. And he does some good things. And I think he's going to develop into a really, really good college quarterback. Uh, this true freshman running back they've got, Abu Sama is his name. A-B-U-S-A-M-A. -A. The third. He's a, true, he's a true freshman. Yeah, there's three of them, apparently. Uh, and he's averaging 6.6 .6 yards a carry. Like, he he's started to come into his own. They're finally starting to realize, like, that he's probably the best running back that they have. He's third on the team in carries. But, like they're talking about this kid being the next Brees Hall up there and just watching some of his highlights. Like this, this guy's got some. Now the good news is Texas's run defense is awesome. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you this kid's going to go for a hundred plus or something, but like that's, that's the one guy to watch out for. Cause yeah, you want to make Rocco Beck beat you. Uh, he's solid, but he is still a redshirt freshman in his first year as a starting quarterback. And he has not gone up against a defense as good as this Texas defense, despite all of Texas's flaws. Uh, we're still talking about the number two total defense in the conference that the Longhorns have. So you want to take away the run game, but uh, Abu Sama is a kid that uh, if he gets going a little bit tomorrow, then then you might be on upset alert. Yeah, over 100 yards on limited carries last week. Interestingly, he didn't play against Kansas. I don't know if that was 
uh, injury or otherwise, but you look at his game totals throughout the year, he's typically over five yards a crack. So uh, know that he probably won't be the bell cow and just pay close attention to where he is when he's in the game. Try and hit him hard early on to uh, make him reluctant uh, to pick up that yardage upfield. And uh, you're right about that. Uh, between Sama and uh, the rest of those running backs, like that's that's what you need to be paying closest attention to uh, when the Longhorn defense is on the field, how well they handle that. I feel like this is a test that they're going to pass uh, because they've done well against better rushing attacks in the recent pass as well, obviously, uh, thinking back to that Kansas State game a couple weeks ago. So at that point, it uh, there's a lot of pressure on Becht to perform. They have a couple of decent receivers. They've got that next Charlie Kolar type, although he's not nearly uh Kohler, excuse me, although he's not nearly as good. Uh, but uh, yeah, so if you can shut down the Iowa state rushing attack, you're going to win pretty handily tomorrow. His name was Kohler five seconds ago, but now it's Kolar. So damn it. Remember that deal? God, no one could figure out what that freaking guy's name was. It was Wait, like is, that why I got con- is that why I got confused? Cause he changed it halfway through. I don't know if he changed it or just every announcer called him something different. I don't know what the deal was, but nobody could figure out how to pronounce that guy's name. Call, started calling him just Charlie K. After Charlie K. And then he changed Kolar to a C, so it was Charlie C. I didn't even know what was going on. Then they changed it to a QU by the very end. And it was just <laughs> like, all right, well, he's a super senior. He gets to do whatever he wants. And then they changed it to a P, like Quentin Tarantino, as we saw a couple of weeks ago. There's there's a deep cut. Hope you've been watching us for a while. Uh, all right. Um, prediction for you. Well, let's make it a part of our picks, I guess, here. Picks for the week. Dude, this is not good. I mean, it's good for you. It's not good for me. Uh, going into last week. You were up one, and we had three different picks last Friday, and you went 3-0 and in those games that we had different. So you are now up four in our season-long pick'em contest. This is the largest lead either of us have had all season long. Still plenty of time, but this is not a position I want to be in, even though I'm used to being here. This isn't a story of, oh, he's used to being here and he'll come back and win. This is a story of he's used to being here and he's going to F it up even more. (laughs) Six picks against the spread, three in college and three in the NFL this week. We'll start with the kids. Number one, Georgia is in Neyland Stadium taking on number 18, Tennessee. Georgia's undefeated. Stop me if you've heard that before. Uh, Tennessee is coming off of an embarrassing loss to Missouri. Got destroyed last week in Columbia. Georgia's only a 10-point favorite. Ah, you got the honors, man. Georgia covered. Does Tennessee keep this close? God, why does this feel like one of those moments where Vegas has gone way too low, but they know something we don't? Such an easy Georgia pick, BK, that I'm feeling swayed to go Vols. Let's go, Tennessee. Keep it under 10. Yeah, I, I tried betting against Georgia last week, even though I literally said this is the dumbest shit I've ever done. And it sure enough was the dumbest shit I've ever done. Uh, thank you. I'll go with Georgia then. I will. Uh, I'll happily take them. How about this stat for Georgia? Fifty-one percent of their offensive drives get to the red zone. How stupid is that? Jeez. Yeah, in the SEC, with a new quarterback and a bunch of new other players, fifty-one percent of their drives make it to the red zone. And unlike Texas, they can actually score when they get there. Impressive. Be- Beck has turned a corner. He is a reliable component on that offense right now. More reliable than the run game at times. I'm with you on that. All right. Uh, people will be rooting for Tennessee. People will also be rooting for this orange team. Oregon State at home hosting undefeated number five, Washington. The Beavs, one-point favorites in Corvallis. You know, with Bucky this morning, I picked Washington. Mm-hmm. I did some research on this game. I'm going to pick Oregon State. Uh, Oregon State is unbeaten at home. They've won nine straight at home dating back to last year. This year, they're beating teams at home by an average of 27. Hmm. And they can run the ball. Like, Damian Martinez is one of the more underrated players in college football. But they've got the recipe to keep Michael Penis off the field. Hmm. I'm going to go with uh, Oregon State. Go Beefs. Helping Texas out. I don't think it's Penis. I think it's Penis. Uh, that's what I said. What, what did you say? Penis. Okay. Yeah, I think I said the same thing. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, it is strange to see Oregon State favored in this game, but here's the problem for Washington right now, BK. Their defense hasn't been very good recently, and so a strong rushing attack like that uh, serves as a major problem. I'm a Washington fan this year. I enjoy watching them play, but I feel like they are uh, they are on upset alert tomorrow, and I do have the Beavers winning this one as well. 
All right, go Beavs. Uh, one more college game. It's our game in Ames, Texas, a seven and a half point favorite at Iowa State. Trey, who you got? I think that uh, Texas does enough on offense. We see a, a Quinn Ewers taking steps forward in terms of his recovery. The uh, the running back by committee, led by Baxter and Jaden Blue, they've got it what what it takes as well. And the bottom line, as we talked about earlier, this Texas defense. You have to figure out ways to pick up yards against them through the air. And Iowa State just isn't very good at that right now. So ultimately, I think if I were to take anything in this game, it would be the under. I believe the over-under is somewhere in the mid-40s right now. But I have it uh, going out as a 24-10 to 10 final score. I could see 24-17 too, but I think 24-10 is what I'm settling on. Okay, I'm with you. Uh, I'm picking Texas to win and cover. And I know the Longhorns have struggled to cover. They haven't covered in four of their last five games. I'll tell you what, the thing that scares me the most is Jeff Howe picking the Longhorns to cover because he is 0-10 on against the spread picks for Texas this year. That's impressive. It really is. It really, really is. So I, I, we probably should be betting on Iowa State. But uh, I'm going to go Texas 27, Iowa State 17. And the total is 46.5. So both of us are uh, are on the under at this moment well done jake big beaver fan beaver over penis <laughs> yes well said jake well said on to the pros i can find our games here here we go uh the two local teams cowboys at panthers a nooner on sunday dallas a 10 and a half point road favorite against the one win carolina panthers i'll take the cowboys to cover carolina's bad um that's really all i need to say Carolina's bad. Dallas is good. Dallas will win by more than 10 and a half points. Yeah, Carolina's been terrible recently. Honestly makes me wonder if this is one of those weird bounce back games where they somehow play the Cowboys closely, but Dallas has also been really good. Uh, Rico Dowdle might get more carries, which I think is going to benefit this offense. It's obviously been clicking through the air, and uh, I do have the Cowboys winning by, I don't know, two or three touchdowns by the time it's all said and done. All righty. What about the Texans? Another noon affair. They host Arizona. Trey, I could have sworn on Wednesday – Houston was a three-and-a-half-point favorite. I'm looking at the line right now, and the Texans are minus six at home. Arizona got its second one of the year, but obviously they're 1-0 with the midget back. Um, is it, your, it, it is your pick. Who you got here? It is my pick. I don't have a good feel for this one, BK, because three-and-a-half, I, I felt good on the Texans when I saw that earlier this week in Vegas. But uh, six is asking a lot. Six is asking a lot, and I feel like money is flowing in too much on them at this point. And so uh, typically that pendulum swings back the other way. I think Arizona covers. My rooting interest wants to see the Texans beat the hell out of uh, uh, out of that little person and his temporary team. But hmm. I think they keep it closer than that. I think they probably do keep it somewhere around a field goal. Man, I, I tend to agree, but I'll, I'll go the opposite here because I got to make up some ground. So I'll take the Texans. But God, yeah, obviously it would have felt a lot better if it was three and a half or four or four. And a, I mean, this morning it was four and a half. Hmm. And now it's up to six. Like, is something wrong with Kyler? Wait a second. Yeah, there's something going on here. Now I'm getting a little bit worried about the Arizona pick. I like, I've literally looked to just see if Kyler Murray is fine. And I haven't seen anything that says he's not fine. By the way, Joe Burrow is out for the year, apparently. That news just broke. Oh, that sucks. Risk yep. injury. Yep. I wonder if they'll put him on the injury report now. Because <laughs> they didn't yesterday. That's the joke. Uh, okay, you're changing your pick? You're still going Arizona? No, I'm sticking with Arizona. Man, that's a bummer about Burrow. It is indeed. Uh, Monday Night Football, the best game of the NFL weekend. One of the best games of the NFL season. It's a rematch of the Super Bowl. It's Philly at Kansas City. The Chiefs two-and-a-half-point favorites at Arrowhead. This is me. You said the Chiefs are two-and-a-half-point favorites? Yes. Okay. Uh, hmm. is, is Swift going to be at this game? Oh, I almost said yes to DeAndre Taylor. I believe I saw that she is supposed to be at the game. Yes. I'm taking the Chiefs then. Hmm. Minus two-and-a-half. Because Mr. Swift plays better, not DeAndre. Travis plays better when she's in the building. Hmm. What do you got? All right, screw it. Give me the Eagles. Stupid thing to do whenever I'm up like I am, but I'm just being contradictory here. I don't have a good feel for this game. The Taylor Swift factor is concerning. It will ensure that uh, I'm going to be watching this game on tape delay and blowing through uh, all the times that they're showing her 
in between <laughs> plays or sometimes during plays. Let's just go ahead and get the Taylor Swift cam, guys. Just have it in one corner the entire time so we can make sure we always keep eyes on her. I but uh, yeah, give me the Eagles to uh, to e- either lose by one or win the game outright. All right, we've got three different picks this week. You've got Tennessee, I've got Georgia in the college ranks. You've got Arizona, and I've got Houston in the NFL, and you've got Philly, and I have Kansas City, of course, also in the NFL. Uh, if things go right, I'll be only down by one. If things go wrong, I'll be down by seven, and I'll uh, be looking for a building or a bridge, I think. Uh, then we get to talk about bet reset time, where you accept your punishment of going decked out in Longhorn gear and sitting in the OU section at next year's Texas OU with me uh, – <laughs> me or somebody else videoing the interactions the entire time. We start finding other uh, humiliating circumstances. God, no kidding. All right, we've got like a minute left before KD jumps on. We do need to give some love to uh, Pest Wranglers, so here's a recorded spot from Pest Wranglers. Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers. What are you doing? I'm making a silly commercial like other companies so people will remember our name. But we're not like other companies. Anyone could see that from our five-star reviews. But how will people remember Pest Wranglers? Well, once they try us, they'll never forget that we are the most effective, reliable, and affordable pest control company. I guess you're right. Pest Wranglers is the best at pest control, wildlife management, termite pest control. Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers. What are you doing? Hey, it couldn't hurt. Pest Wranglers, 512-670-7808 or find us on the web at pestwranglers.com. Oh, yeah. All right. I don't know if we have time to do where we at in society since it is three o'clock. Do it. Do it. I can we can uh, we can talk to. uh, Yeah. Where are we at? Sponsored by Pest Wranglers. Thank you very much for that. We can do this real quick because this is going to be me bitching about um, stupid people on airplanes, which is I, I know it's low hanging fruit, but there's just ample material. So sometimes we have to talk about these things. This is new, KD. I've not heard Trey bitch about anything before, so I am yeah. very excited to hear what could be in store. What happened in Vegas, man? What happened to you? <laughs> <laughs> My disposition changed. I went to the pinball or uh, pinball Hall of Fame, and uh, everything is different now. You had Jose Andres's uh, cotton candy ball in your throat. Cotton, cotton candy foie gras. It's like filleting a World Series championship is what I said last hour. Yeah. All right. Go yeah. ahead. What you got? So you guys have been on flights before that have emotional support pets, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. It's, I don't know, 99% of the time it's a dog, right? Yep. Yeah. There have been examples of peacocks and Shetland ponies. Snakes snakes uh I think cats, some- and i love cats but cats don't want to be on planes and we don't want them on planes glad you just mentioned that kevin because yesterday sitting a row away from me there was an individual with an emotional support pet cat who because it's a cat and it understands what's going on and although it can't comprehend just how successful flying has been it's uh, throughout out. recent human history it realizes it's about to go on the air in a, uh, a giant tin can and yep. so it was meowing the entire time as a schmohawk had the gall to suggest to everybody that it was in fact his emotional support pet when all it is is you taking your pet on vacation with you all right can i quickly say though what if i would have brought so i drove them there and back tj and stewie on a plane and kind of gave a bullshit deal and like a more you know but i didn't i everything was already taken back and i don't want to take the trip is that okay no, no. <laughs> you ship the cat via mail because here's well, the. Problem. I was really hoping Vegas would have opened you up as a human. <laughs> Look, I, I will, I will give you that, I guess. But this person was very clearly taking the cat on vacation with him and crutching on the emotional support pet bit. Here's the problem with that: is that Trey, you know is, this cats don't want to go on vacation ever. You're, exactly, the cat would much rather be by itself. If that person really believed that, my response to them would be, hey, this cat thinks you are a giant pussy right now. This cat has no emotional support for you. It wants nothing to do with you. It's embarrassed by you and how you are treating it right now. But instead, it's having to play this game. And by play this game, I mean voice its displeasure the entire flight, which is what happened. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Um, no, I mean, uh, you know, I, I, so I'd go to Padre, especially with LHM for like three or four weeks. Remember that? And I'm like, should I bring TJ and Stewie down? Um, they would have been underneath the bed, the second bed the whole time. Mm-hmm. Panicked. 
you may have got some uh, some urine certain places because they're trying to mark this new territory. Oh. Absolutely. It's totally. Oh, no. Whatever fee was on the, you know, rental, I would have paid for it. Exactly. So, so that's one thing. Y'all know my stance on um, people with emotional support pets, right? They're uh, pussies. Uh, they're losers. Well, like, yeah, that too. I guess the same thing, but not different, different. Like you might not be a pussy. You just don't have any friends. That doesn't make you a pussy. That just makes you a loser. Like <laughs> you, you should, you should be able to be able to pawn your, pawn your dog or cat off on a friend and be like, Hey, can my dog stay with you? Or Hey, can you come yeah. by and you know feed my cat a couple of times while I'm gone? Like if you have a friend, you should right. not have to travel with your pets. And I know you like, I love my family's pets. Everybody loves their pets. I'm not saying that's a bad thing to love your pets, but like if you have to travel on a vacation with your animal, that means you just don't have any friends to watch it and you're a loser. That is a great point. So the reason I never brought TJ and Stewie down is I may be a loser, but I have some friends. So, you know, <laughs> the thing about cats is you only have to come over like once every three days, you know? Yeah, exactly. They're like they're so in the litter box, give them dry food, pet them and get the hell out of there. Bingo. And I'll let you a bowl on the uh, counter. Cats are so much easier to deal with with vacations than dogs are. Dog dogs, you need a dog sitter. You literally have to pay for doggy daycare. Yeah, that's part of the greatness of cats is that they're that self sufficient. Mm-hmm. All right, what's All right, what so, story? Hey, hey, but before we start, so because I, I just got home, like what um, where do we get to on this? So I, I'm, you know, it's funny the fact that Trey. I mean, give Trey a lot of love, man. That he put down a hundred bucks for the Rangers to win it. You know, we've all done that, and 99% of the time it doesn't work. I think Texas basketball is going to, you know, win the whole thing this year. Eh, it's never happened. So, um, but where are you guys at? Because you put down 100 bucks for him, but he wasn't there. I mean, so if he does it with a bookie online, who knows if you get that 7000 Where are you guys at money-wise? The 100 you Venmo them, is that it? I, um, as I mentioned in the video, I have not asked, and I will not ask Trey for any more money, and I'm not expecting any money. But I do wonder if I should get some sort of finder's fee or an agent cut or something like that. So yeah, I, yeah. I, I just wonder. So at this moment, no. no I wondered that too in my last job, and it never happened. So, <laughs> so I, you know, at this moment, yeah. I mean, as soon as I placed the bet, like I, I used my cash in Vegas, but Trey hit me with the Venmo. So like immediately, it wasn't like a delayed Venmo payment too. It it may have been before you actually placed the bet. We were all square at, uh, at that moment. So that's where we're at. I have an an answer here and you and I didn't talk about it in the last hour, BK. I was uh, on a a few minutes later than I had hoped, but there is a clear cut answer here. It's I pay for your next meal and you can, you can choose the place if you really want to don't make it too painful, please. But like, that's, I think that's it right there. Sharing, sharing in the, uh, the positivity of the moment. Like I paid for, uh, we met family there. I paid for the first meal that my family ate together after that. Cause that's like the, it's what not did your, they do. Your family didn't do shit. I played you mean your wife and your kids. Yeah. Wife I, and, uh, I placed wife, her, wife and mother-in-law and then brother-in-law and his, uh, his partner and her son. What, 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 did, what big brother-in-law what has he done what did he do he's a good I guy placed, but it's good I placed the bet i had to hold on to the ticket all year long <laughs> i moved i moved cities during the season i could have lost that shit but i yeah. didn't i kept it yeah so so you're getting you're getting a really nice meal out of it am i getting cotton candy f- uh frog taint or whatever that is close bk so so here's the deal so this this was my thinking the three of us are brothers forever the three of us are more intertwined than anyone wants to know by the way good hand job bk the other night um and uh trey all right bk maybe we're not um but he owes me uchiko for a bet i do all right why didn't BK come along? You know, BK will only like like 10% of the menu, Trey. He's not going to do the damage I will with foie gras, nigiri, or uni, or any of that shit. Well, I think at this point, he does have to eat foie gras just so he can he can taste it. Because he's got this disgusted look on his face like everybody does the first time you hear what foie gras is. You just BK, you've never had foie gras? Dude, I, I can't pronounce that word. 
<laughs> well, I couldn't either, but I'd eaten it ten times. Uh, I don't. I don't think I have, man. It's geese liver, goose liver. It's goose or duck liver. Ugh. But Trey, <laughs> you know as much as I do. It's it's fattened up, so it was illegal in California for a long time. It kind of was that, you know, which is why I love the people I love, like Anthony Bourdain, super left, but was like, I guess you can call it alt-right on this and wanted every state to legalize it and do it well. But it is, man. Trey, is it not incredible? It's fatty as hell, but it's great. It's decadent, but it's wonderful to do in small doses. You wouldn't want to eat too much foie gras, but a a bite here or there on the occasional meal is, uh, yeah, it's good stuff. Hmm. Or or 12 bites, like our dinner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be paying a, uh, a hefty price at our dinner for forgetting that Jerry Gray was on that Houston Oilers team that collapsed in <laughs> Buffalo. Oh, that's what the bet was? Oh, yeah. he was so adamant to BK. And Jerry Gray was my first favorite player ever. We're talking early yeah. 90s sports. And he was like, dude, I'm messing with the wrong guy. I'm like, yeah, you are. Yeah, and you were one year off. You were actually pretty close, Trey. He, yeah, because he he only played for the Oilers for that one year, but it was that one year, and it was it was when you knew it was, and I didn't. Yeah, I mean, because I haven't ever gone back and watched that horrific game because it's one of the worst sports moments. No, the worst sports moment of my life. Uh, the collapse. But he bet, he, I, I said Uchiko, and he's like done. I'm like, wow. I mean, betting against Kevin on a, an old team, pro or college, that's like betting against UCLA when Bill Walton was there, dude. It's like, what What are you thinking? You got no shot. It was so fucking stupid afterwards. I was like, yep, that, that was a really dumb bet that I just made right there. I thought I was going to out, out name slash team this guy. Yeah. You bet but against it, Gino Ariema and UConn. Good job, dude. But but it was like 10 minutes, BK, on the pod, or 15, huh. where I was like, you know what? I guess you're right. And Trey was looking it up. He goes, no, he wasn't on that team. I was like, really? I watched that game 99,000 times, and I couldn't swear I saw my first favorite Texas football player of all time who, you know, I snuck into a practice to get a picture with him in 1985. But, but maybe not. Maybe you're right. You know, maybe I don't know sports. And so afterwards, I start looking it up. I go, Trey, you got the wrong because it's a regular season postseason deal, right, Trey? In terms of uh, year? No, it was just I had the wrong year looked up. I looked up 92 Oilers or whatever the year is. And yeah. for whatever reason, it took me to the next year or the previous year. I forget what it was. But then I I noticed that after you you called it out again. And then I had to go back and look. And sure enough, I'm an idiot. But we all knew that. The I one other. Said- Seven thousand dollars richer though, so yeah. you're not that dumb. So the one other thing from the airport or, or the airplane yesterday, and this is basic like understanding zipper method to get on and off the highway level stuff right here. But when you're deplaning, and this is specifically to the woman who was sitting directly behind me, which I know because she was banging the back of my seat with her knees the entire flight as well, the two and a half to three hours that it took to get back from Vegas. Is what that happened to adults? I'm sorry that your knees hurt and that you feel like you've been sitting down for too long. There's opportunities to actually walk and go. You don't even have to go to the bathroom. You can literally walk down and back if you need to get up and stretch just for a sec. Don't do it the entire flight, but you can do it here and there, and it's okay, especially you in the aisle seat. Um, just because your knees are in a little bit of pain and you want to get off this plane because you feel cramped, everybody else does also. So if you get up, you've got to stay on your row. You don't step forward two rows. Because you stepping forward two rows, um, it started a a little bit of a line of people doing that versus everybody waiting for the proper row to exit and staying in your seat until then. Like, I I, I didn't even know what to do with myself. I'm like, Justine, do I need to say something right now? Because this woman needs to get the fuck back. But then there was a line coming out of the uh, out of that row of seats. And it's like, because one person did it, everybody else thought it was okay. Sheep. Um. Although I will say the the deplaning or deboarding has been bad for a long time. But I mean, I remember being a little kid and seeing people get up right away after like my seventh flight and thinking, what are you doing? The people that get up right away when the plane lands or stops. Bro, we've got 10 more minutes and we also have a line. We're living in a society, people. If you're in the if you're sitting closest to the aisle then i do get standing up right there because you have the room you can do so and it you know 
standing feels better than sitting, especially. Yeah, but you don't go two steps, two rows forward. Exactly. No, you you don't cut other people off in the process. And I only stand up. I always get aisles to block off the dumbass who's trying to do that. Yep. Mm, That is brutal. So you're sitting next to a cat, and then you had that cat doing that? Yeah. Jeez. Which one was worse? Actually, which one was smarter? Hmm. The Had cat. to be the cat. The, yeah, cat right. was the, the cat was the smartest of these three creatures that we're talking about right now. <laughs> are y'all uh are y'all aisle guys? Y'all are aisle seat guys? Yeah. Uh, I'm team window. 100%. I'm window guy. You're uh, also uh you're also neck pillow guy. I don't know if Kevin Kevin, are you a neck pillow guy on an airplane? Yeah, me neither. Yeah, I don't think they do shit, but I I still wear one. I don't know why. But I'm a I'm a window guy. Dude, I I'm sure I've used a bathroom on an airplane before but I, I don't know if I actually have. Oh, God. That's, I I, to, I'm lucky, man. My, my bladder, like, I just, I, I'll drink water, too. Like, I'll bring a water bottle on every flight, and I just, unless it's international, obviously, but all domestic flights, like, I can, I don't want to move. I don't get up. I just sit there. I want to lean against the uh, the side of the plane, so I'm always team window if I can get it. You said, I, you, you, said you bring I, a water bottle. Are you going in the water bottle rather than get up and getting up and going no, to the not peeing. No, I'm going in the catheter, but mm. no, no, I'm just not going. I'm not. I'm yeah, not no, the cat's meowing. <laughs> yeah, shoot. Well, All it's right. funny you said bladder because I've taken probably, I don't know, 35 shits on planes in my life. God, that sounds like a nightmare. No, it's great because when I was a kid and traveling, I, I go up to Chicago every summer it's boring. It's three hours. And, and as a kid, you're bored. So I would plan it out. I also like shitting in public places. Um, yeah, my, my kids have taken after uncle Kevin in that regard. Yeah. yeah. It breaks yeah. up the time. Life's monotonous BK certainly as a kid. So we'd travel up there and it was, you know, you have your own compartment and I, you know, as a kid, you drop a deuce like a dog, you know, I have to shit and 10 seconds later you're wiping. But I would just sit there and kind of look up at stuff and play with everything, you know. I mean, break up the time, dude. Play with everything. It's a, isn't it a tiny ass room, which is cool. It's like a little. It's like a like a magic mirror or what are they like a Halloween, you know, funhouse party. Is there, I mean, is there, it's you know, it'd be like walking into a place for midgets, little people. Little is there a button where you can like dump the shit out midair? That was the other thing. I was so fascinated with the flushing and where does this go? And you just drop it off in the middle of Indiana. It I goes mean, where they, the Dave Math- It goes where the Dave Matt was a Dave Matthews band. Mm. That was that was Trey. Were you in Chicago when that happened? I was not, but I bring it up every chance I can get. The Dave Matthews band. What, Chicago or Dave Matthews? <laughs> Chicago. <laughs> the Dave Matthews shitting incident is one to uh, that's fun to talk about too because they just unloaded. Their bus full of excrement from a, a nationwide tour on a an architectural boat tour. So a bunch of old people and women and children just had Dave Matthews shit all over them. I used to go on those with my grandma. Probably took a shit in one of those too, BK. Any public place I could shit that was not Texaco in South Texas, which I've done that too, I would. Mainly because my dad was so disgusted by it. It was it was me being a rebel. Not uh, much of a rebel, but yeah. So when you uh, when you're done shitting on an airplane, Kevin, because I assume you do it as an adult too, correct? Uh not as much. Uh, the 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 cool part, the coolness wore off a little bit. Um, so. <laughs> so when when you do as an adult, though, but when you, you drop me off in Chicago, remember last time I was there? Remember I was sprinting to the bathroom at O'Hare. Yeah, and and I had to shit and was sprinting. And actually went into the women's restroom and took a shit there. And I could hear women outside of me. First time I've ever been in there shitting with them. And I thought, oh, my God. That's on O'Hare, though. Did you start gossiping with them? Yeah. No, we started shooting the shit. One gave me a blowjob. And it was uh, was good times. I got to get to more women's bathrooms. No, you don't. No, you don't. I got to get to Charlotte or wherever that shit went down a couple years ago. Think the, uh, think the uh, <laughs> only only good thing about uh, about 
dropping a number two on an airplane because I try to avoid that at all costs. It's pretty much a porta pot in a, in the sky, right? It's just disgusting in there. How many? It is so much better than that, bro. It, it is cleaner. You're right. And the the one good you're an ACL and there's your shit sitting. I mean, at least it blushes somewhere. It does. And the best part about the airplane shitter is the air suction whenever you're done and you flush. And that's my I love that. you guys. Have you ever stayed seated? and hit the well bk you haven't because you've never gone to the bathroom on an airplane mm. but you actually hit the flush and you get the airflow suck sucking down yeah uh, from from your rear which also is like an american bidet it's pretty cool oh american bidet i like that term <laughs> never all right fellas yeah are you done bk on that note are you gonna go vomit right now and like try and go to sleep I might go shit at home because that's the only place I like to do my business, man. Mm. That's you. I mean, we all have different differences in opinion and stuff, but KD, you and I could not be more different with the uh, public shitting take. That's like, yeah, my- well, I was also 13, so I'm 45 now. So I'm <laughs> right. like, I'm not as big into it now. Like, I'd rather shit here. So. You're going to, you're going to be forced to get into it a little bit more in the next few years, the way your guts are headed with uh, your current diet. So have fun with that. Have fun with not having a choice, but to go in public. Cause otherwise you're going to soil yourself. Whatever. I'll be eating frog taint like you guys. It'll be perfectly fine. <laughs> I sweat. All right. Y'all have a good show.